dust off the phone with the uh, the second coming of the Godfather, Benjamin Benji Wilson. Last episode took down the Godfather in what was a an amazing move to watch, talking somebody out of their idol play and getting to change where they were playing that idol. But obviously, very very quickly, put a massive target on Benji's back and made him the the number one threat, the number one person to take down of Survivor. And understandably so, I'd suggest, given uh, the airtime that he was getting and the, the amount of moves he was making and the amount of strings he was pulling behind the scenes. We saw that he had an idol, he had an advantage, uh, and just in the end couldn't quite get them all to work together into a spot that uh, let him stay in the game. But this was a fun conversation. A uh, bit longer than usual, which was good because... Uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get straight, specifically the Fluff and Pump nickname, which I thought I would get a clear answer on, but it seems like that's still a mystery, and it seems like there's more to this story than just Fluff being fluffy hair and Pump being a guy who goes to the gym a lot. Uh, I'll have to keep working on my journalism here and see if I can dig deep to find the, the real reason behind Fluff and Pump, because apparently it's got nothing to do with uh, Rob and Six together either, which is what Robbie's cover story was. Uh, <laughs> I'm very keen, to, very keen to find that one out. But uh, here is Benji. Hello, this is Benji from Survivor. Uh, hello, Benjamin. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> yeah, good, brother. How are you? Good, man. We got the uh, we got the double length interview today, so who knows where this could go? The twenty minutes. Hopefully, <laughs> it takes some weird and wonderful turns. Well, mate, there's a there's a hell of a lot to talk about uh, about the the show. It was sad to see you voted off the the Benji show last night. Uh, I mean, Survivor. Um, but, the, but the first question I, I want to ask, mate, is it true that before the game you got yourself a spray tan the night before you left? <laughs> I'm out of the gates of it. You came out of the gates. I thought we'd have a couple of warm-ups. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know, I wanted to look good out there. Especially stand next to Robbie Boy. <laughs> well, mate, you certainly uh, you needed all the help you, you know, can get. Uh, do, you know the, do you know the funny thing was... Uh, Paige telling me she has a really good radar for spray tan. <laughs> While I'm standing in front of her, I'm like, uh, do ya? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Man, how long did the spray tan last before it just became the natural? Was there yeah, any so was there an awkward phase was in the middle? Tanner, I was getting whiter as everyone was getting tanner. <laughs> so I, and then I went and started going back the other way about we about 21 days in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's too funny. Um, I, thought, I, I thought it was only a 10 minute or so. I've got, I've got a question from a listener, but I might save that um, for down the track a bit. Um, oh, another jab, is it? You're going to hold me into a full sense of... <laughs> we go we got some some quieter ones man what was it like when you first got out there obviously you're a big survivor fan um it was a, an exciting couple of months in the lead up and then when you landed on the beach just tell me about that those first couple of minutes yeah pretty unreal i was on the back of a truck with 11 randoms who became really good friends and they're just some awesome people uh but you know it's survivor and i've watched survive my whole life and i was just like honored to be out there playing um, especially this season because we went up against the champs too. It's like that's that's the way I want to do it. I always want to go up against the best, uh, and so that's what we got. It was interesting. There was I think there was a 
uh, a few people who knew a lot about the game, a few people who didn't know so much about the game on, on both sides. Um, what was it like sort of navigating those those early days of, you're obviously a massive fan. Um, did you keep that one p- pretty close to your chest? you got to lay low out there, especially this season. You know, fans get voted off first. Strategi- strategic threats get voted off first. You look at uh, Matt, you look at Russell. Um, even Stevie was the one looking for idols, which put a big target on his back. So my plan out there was to just be the humble old graphic designer who doesn't really know much about the game. And uh, that's probably why you didn't see much of me for, for the good four, five, six episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Well, we didn't we didn't see a whole lot for yeah, the first few apps, but then we certainly um, got our fair share of, of Benji. Mate, you, you seem to be in control early, then very quickly out of control with uh, the Tri Amigos got um, quickly turned <laughs> upon. Yeah, it was unfortunate. But in the same time, I had no idea what I was doing out there playing Survivor until that happened. You know, once you're part of a blind side when you're not the target, so you get to survive, it's like, okay, so I get how it works. I can find my feet and I can start trying to make big moves back at them. Um, so yeah, then, then blindsiding Stevie Ward is probably the best thing that happened to me, minus the fact that I lost Stevie. Um, and you saw that coming into sort of merge where you, the champions had coasted the whole way there, and we really had to make moves and we really had to play hard. And uh, it played to our benefit once, so it played to my benefit once I got to merge. I was able to upset a couple of people, uh, especially Matt, and he didn't see it coming just because... That's the first time that he saw a blindside happen. Yeah, that's very true. They, they. I suppose the champs had it relatively easy before the merge with obviously Russell, and then uh, Moana was Moana was sick, and they didn't have to go to tribal too often. So I suppose you were you were battle hardened in terms of being on the wrong side of the numbers a couple of times that showed you the ropes a bit. I like it. Bit of a blessing in yeah, disguise. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's sick. But you, you did manage to, I guess, get a bit of control back in terms of you were on the right side of a couple of unanimous votes, even though the unanimous, uh, almost unanimous Tegan vote, she didn't get voted out of the game, and then the unanimous Heath vote didn't go quite your way either. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do, really, is you can, you can play the social game and make sure you have the numbers, and you got to ride the twists and turns. And uh, I mean, Tegan came back from exile, and that was... Uh, fortunate for Tegan and then unfortunate for Tegan that the next twist hit her where we got the power to vote her out so you know you, you sometimes you're on the right side of it sometimes on your wrong side of it and that's what makes Survivor exciting you got to work with what you got I like it a lot man hey I, I was just wondering uh Tegan so, okay here it comes no 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 not yet man. not yet not yet not yet not yet wait for it no this is a more, a more serious one with with Tegan coming yeah. back into the game um yeah so she wins the duel. Was how was it determined which uh, which tribe she went back onto? It was back to your original tribe. Ah, back to your original tribe. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, she would not have come back to contenders. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and yeah. then, so once you you guys got taken back, you win a reward. Um, you guys had. A, I think it was your first reward in about three weeks. Eh? You must have been pretty hungry. Was it the nachos? <laughs> yeah, that was the nachos. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. That was probably one of the best moments of my life, if not the best. That was incredible. <laughs> really? Mate, so I, I know you uh, You obviously ate a hell of a lot of nachos, and also a lot of nachos went into your mouth but didn't quite make it down to the stomach as well. Did it? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty gross. Uh, it was not my finest hour. 
Um, but I do actually think that was a PG edit. I remember face first diving into that pile of nachos, and they did not put that on. So, <laughs> oh man, so it could have been worse. Could have wow. been worse. In, in my defense, they were delicious. <laughs> and, then, and then the uh, obviously it was you were you were lucky that you were so hungry and you ate so much because you revealed that you revealed that clue. Other people had looked for it, but um, you were the first and, and only one to find it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be the only one. You know, I thought Tegan would get to it. Um, and then I threw the napkin on there so that the people behind me didn't get to it. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough to find it. I'd seen a season of Survivor before where they had it there. So I'm like, I know where the clue is. Yeah. Just dove into it. And uh, stuffed notches in my face the whole time too. It actually took me, I think we had a 10-minute time um, slot to eat those nachos. It probably took me eight minutes to actually take in what the clue said i just read it over and over again and i had no idea what it said just because my brain was like food 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 and then she's like time's running out so i'm like oh crap i don't have no idea what this clue says it looked like a pretty um not like pretty intricate clue as well it's pretty long and a little cryptic as well yeah something about the very uh, verbose yeah yeah <laughs> very verbose i just had to try and break it down and be like i think i know where it is and then just remember that spot because uh, yeah it was not remembering that word for word <laughs> Um, and did you think about, uh, obviously we saw uh, in Heroes, Heroes, Hustlers that uh, a few people found it and firstly, I believe Cole covered it up with the napkin and then I think uh, Christy left it and then Ryan was the third person to see it. He ended up removing the plate. Um, so did something like that cross your mind? Yes, 100%. Very familiar with that. Um, here's the problem is if I, if I remember the plate, if Tegan, so Tegan and Heath were the bookends. They were first and last. And I knew they were really close. So if Tegan had found it, and then I removed the plate, and then they cross-reference notes and say there was no plate, they know someone else has it, and they're going to be more on edge of going to get that idol. Um, so I thought, a little bit of plausible deniability. They're going to put this napkin here so people don't see it, because there's a ton of nachos left. You know, there was nowhere near the bottom um, like it showed. So I was pretty confident no one else would see it. Uh, and... Plan C, because you always need a plan C in Survivor, is like, I know I'm quicker than Heath and Tegan. And <laughs> if they start getting up to that island, I'm going to be running. <laughs> nice. And it looked like it was a couple of, uh, it looks like it was a couple of days between finding the clue and finding the, the idol. So uh, tell me about the, that gap there as to why you didn't go straight out when you got back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, once again, if you're strategic, if you're openly strategic out there, you're going to get <laughs> knocked down pretty damn quick. And if I had swum out, because every, every time during the day, the tide was in. So you literally have to swim out to this island to get this clue. And there's no reason why you're swimming out to an island unless it's getting a clue, you know. <laughs> so everyone knows I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, and then I'm, I'm the biggest target in the game. So my plan is to fly under the radar, and that's not how you do it. So I was just making sure I had an eye on the island the whole time. So if anyone else went out there, I could beat them and grab it. And people would know, but it's better than someone else having it. And uh, just bide my time, wait for tide to go down, wait for people to be asleep, wait for that full moon to come out, and then go and grab it. Nice. It was a bit of a risky play in that there was a there was a tribe swap between finding the clue and you actually getting the idol. So, mate, when when you knew it was a tribe swap, were you uh, thinking you'd missed your chance? Uh, potentially, I knew there was a fifty fifty, but Survivor is not like an exact science. You know, if you're depending on idols to to get you to the end, you're gonna fight a losing battle I mean you're going to run out of idols eventually so I, my game out there was 100% social and I knew if I had the right pieces in the right places 
at the right time, there's no way I'm going home. Uh, and you saw that breakdown at the end is when I lost the big social piece in the game who was helping me, looking after me, and Sean. That's when my game really started to break down. I started depending on strategic things like advantages and idols, and uh, I don't know how to use those, apparently. You know, <laughs> we miscalculated that revote, and that's what sent me home. So even if I didn't get that idol, there's so many things that could have happened differently, but it does not matter ultimately if you have the right social pieces in the right places. Yeah, for sure. So now that we're, I guess, we'll fast forward to, to the the big event. The You said you miscalculated the... Uh, the Revo. So tell us how, how it could have been. It could have gone differently, I guess. Yeah. So my big thoughts, you know, we're final eight, and we're three contenders, and we knew the champions were standing strong. Uh, so it was three versus five. Hindsight is twenty twenty, <laughs> and I should have played my idol that night, nice. made it three versus four, and then played the vote advantage with Shawnee the next night and yep. tied at three three champs contenders. Yeah. The one big mistake I made in that game was not calculating that if we played the advantage for Sean, then we couldn't use that in the revo. Mm. And mm. that is a huge mistake to make, and I paid the price for that. Um, and that's why I didn't use my idol. I knew the only way I was going to use my idol that night is if Brian had played his idol for Sean. I knew Brian had found that idol at the oh, really? feast. And Yep, and as soon as, like, that's, that's all I was thinking. One is, if Brian plays his idol for Sean, I'm playing my idol for myself. And two is, um, how can I convince Shani and Fenella to go to Rocks for me? Because yep. that was the plan, is have them tie it twice and go to Rocks for me. So that whole afternoon, I'm, like, trying to convince them to go to Rocks for me and cognizant that if I'm, Brian plays his idol, I play my idol. And that's all I was thinking about. Mm. And that skipped that crucial step of like, you don't go to rocks unless you tie it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as that was tied the first time, and John, Jonathan goes, the votes are tied, we're going to re-vote. And he goes, this is how it works. As soon as he said, this is how it works, it all came flooding mm. back to me. I'm like, oh boy, that's the end of Benji Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I must admit, as uh, someone who likes to think I know a little bit about Survivor, I don't reckon I would have thought that far ahead either. Uh, I wouldn't have thought on the re-vote that you couldn't use that vote again, especially when you're you know, five and a bit weeks in and no food and there's so much going on. And as you say, you've already thought of these different contingencies and you're probably thinking... Yeah. We think as well, obviously, because at best case, it's 4-4. Four, four. We're just thinking, look, Monica and Brian voted with us last time. I just need one of those and we're good. Yeah, I was. Un I knew Brian wasn't voting with us. I was unsure where Monica was voting. I was probably 50-50 on her. And so I'm like, okay, cool. 50-50, I'm staying round one. 50-50, we go to rocks. was just my thoughts. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, that's, that's the price I pay. I got a little bit comfy in the Godfather's office. And <laughs> <laughs> so I followed him off to Jury Villa. <laughs> nice. And as you say like that, uh, going to rocks, I suppose it's for them, for the two girls, they're two, the other four champs drawing rocks. You know, mathematically, it's a two and three that uh, one, of the, that, yeah. one of the champs is going home. But that's it's a... <laughs> That's what I told them all <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> man, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd take a, a one in six for you, mate, but uh, I suppose if you're working on them all afternoon, it, it makes mathematical sense, sort of. <laughs> I like yeah, it. plus, you know, they knew that if they lost me, they're the only two contenders left. So they want to keep me around. For and 
there was some animosity towards those champions. So it was like, we just want to stick it to them. Uh, but they stuck it to us. <laughs> and as you say, mate, three, two, three months later, sitting on the couch, it's easy to see that at eight, if you play the idol, and then seven, you use the vote steal, you're three, three. But um, that's that's ages ago, mate, and there's so much to think about. I've got a question from a listener here. Uh, his name is uh, Robert from South Australia, I believe. Uh <laughs> He says, Benji, I was reading your pregame. I think you used to train some jujitsu. He said, did you wrestle anybody on the beach? And if so, how did you go? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Robert, for that. <laughs> um, I did. I actually wrestled uh, a guy called Robbie Skabicki. And you'll be happy to know that he got stuck in a little dust choke, tapped out, and uh, had a little soak <laughs> on the beach. Oh, so you, you took him <laughs> out. Don't fact check that. But <laughs> don't fact check that. I'd oh. also like to mention that that same Robbie Skabicki promised, and he's an honest guy, you know, he's out there playing an integrous game. <laughs> he promised that if I found an idol out there, that he would wear high heels to the reunion. So I hope everyone tunes in for that. Send Robbie a little DM, make sure he wears them, because if he doesn't, you know, I don't know if he's an honest guy. <laughs> I like it. Well, man, this is a... Thanks for the question, Robert. <laughs> this, is a, this is a hard-hitting show here, man. I like to dig deep with the journalism. I, I did break that story, actually, that, that Robbie lost a bet and will be wearing high heels to the reunion. Uh, and I also, uh, preempting your answer, I believe that you might have actually lost the beach wrestle zero to three. Is that correct? It's all a blur out there. You're on so little calories. You don't really remember things right. And uh, whoever reported that was probably under the influence of just fatigue. <laughs> Mate, so you and, you and Robbie were pretty tight, fluff and pump. Um, yeah. I've got a. What's the? Uh, what was the real story behind fluff and pump? I've been told uh, don't accept the PG version, and it's not about hair, and it's not about rubbing sticks together. That's all I know. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know what the rating of the show is, but, uh, yeah, Robbie forced it upon me. Um, <laughs> how do you use it? Nah, you know what? You're going to have to message Robbie for that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's too funny. Mate, let's just, uh, w- w- as, we, as we come to the end, one of the, uh, the funniest stories um, I thought was the... The, the gifts from home uh, and it was a funny and a, an emotional one. May just finish it off with a story of your, your world travels and how a, how a baby ended up on Survivor. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. Uh, that was my Nana stitching me up on national TV to cry over a naked baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, basically I had put that baby in her handbag in a doctor's office like five years ago and then just the whole time teased her for stealing the baby from the doctor's office and then you know she put it in my bed one night and then just to surprise me and I put it in a microwave she put it in the back of my car and just went back and forth and then I moved overseas and it just kept rocking up wherever I traveled it's been to like six or seven different countries um and yeah, so she decided to send it out to Fiji for me, and I had no idea what it was. I squeezed it on the package. I'm like, what the hell did my family send me? It feels like a dog toy. <laughs> and then it just hit me, and just the emotions of being away from your family and knowing that they were thinking about you, knowing that they put this together for you, even if it's just a naked baby doll, <laughs> it, you know, it gets to you. And I, I was just weeping over a naked baby. Oh, that's too funny, mate. It's a great story. It was uh, it was great to watch you on, on Survivor, mate, and uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the show pans out and looking forward to a, a record-breaking uh, six-hour interview at some point down the track.
<laughs> Let's do it. I'm looking forward to all that and seeing Robbie at the uh, finale. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Man. Hey, what's, what size is he? Make sure we get those, uh, those big high heels. I think he's a woman seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. See you, brother. Thanks see so you, much mate. for the call. Cheers, mate. See ya.